This episode of Squib Kicks is brought to you by MyCamp Solutions. For all your business payment processing needs, they have your payment solution. Over 25,000 clients worldwide, including World Series of Poker, Venetian Resorts, and right here at the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. That's MyCamp Solutions for all your payment processing needs. Go to MyCamp.com, M-I-Camp.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Squid Kicks, a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl podcast, along my trusty friend and co-host Ben Schulich. We are both vice presidents here at the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl and really excited to be back with you today. Man, we got a, a full show. We've done a lot. We've been a lot of places. There's a lot going on in our conference corner. Um, we have some great guests for you today. We talked to Craig Thompson, current Mountain West Commissioner been with the league since its inception and will officially retire at the end of next month. We're also going to talk about the history of that conference, Commissioner Thompson and his relationship, which is a special relationship to the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl and the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, we're also going to meet another one of our bowl ambassadors, Lamont Hunley, and then we'll end the show with our look at the MAC and Mountain West with the conference corner. And then Eric, you were in Philadelphia last week for the Barstool invitational basketball event so looking forward to hearing how that went and how some of it ties into our bowl game absolutely man i had a blast we'll tell you all about that but let's get right to it coming up first our conversation with mountain west commissioner craig thompson welcome back to squid kicks a barstool sports arizona bowl podcast Joining us now, an illustrious guest from the Mountain West Conference, none other than the commission himself, Commissioner Craig Thompson. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Craig. I don't know. I'd use the adjective illustrious, but uh, thank you and good morning to you guys. Great to be with you. <laughs> well, we we we've had uh, an interesting smattering of guests here in in our in our infancy of this podcast. So grateful to have somebody at the very top of one of our partner conferences. And as we go through today, you were so instrumental in our existence. So really excited to hear about your perspective on that. Uh, Commissioner Thompson, obviously the commissioner of the Mountain West position he's held since 1998. Uh, he is retiring and heading on to new things. We'll ask him about that in a little bit. Uh, Sunbelt commissioner from 91 to 98. He probably put the fun belt in the Sun Belt. Uh, American South Conference commissioner from 87 to 91. Held some PR jobs along the way with the Metro Conference, Kansas City Kings, Kansas State Athletics. Uh, one thing we are going to ask you about, you've served on several prestigious college athletics committees, including college football playoff management committee, two tours on the NCAA Division I men's basketball committee, and the NCAA Division I council, and our first guest from the Mountain West. So, Commission, that's quite a resume. You're winding things up. What's next for you? Well, you know, first of all, it's, it's great to be with you guys, and we're awfully excited about the uh, the bowl game in Tucson, and uh, we'll talk more about that later. But you know, there's there's so many opportunities out there every day. People of my ilk, meaning uh, mid to late 60s, early 70s, are, are calling it a day. And you know, the consulting world is so busy and so jammed. I've had a lot of people say. I have too much work. I, I can't accept jobs because I'm just too busy. And so I, 
I think I can stay as busy as I want to be. I can tell you this, they're not going to be 50, 60 hour work weeks like they've been for the last uh, 44 years. But, you know, we'll, we'll keep our, uh, our finger on the pulse and, and help some people. Hopefully we've learned some things along the way and, and can uh, give something, pay something forward, if you will. But it's uh, it's a brave new world. You know, there, there's so many things. You, you look at society in general, the United States of America, uh, how things are moving and the mores and, and uh, the different mindsets around the country. And it's no different in college athletics. Certainly where it was 44 years ago is not where it is today and probably not where it's going to be in even a couple of uh, short years. Absolutely. You say 44 years. It seems like the way we're moving today, 44 minutes from now, it might be different. <laughs> That's um, correct. You know, you said a great thing. You've had the, your finger on the pulse for such a long time. And since the beginning, the Mountain West and your institutions have been known to be really progressive, thinking outside the box. First conference to create your own TV network. Um, tell us about what it was that pushed you to want to lead your folks to that outside of the box thinking. Well, we needed we needed exposure, quite frankly. And you know, it was a challenging time. Very proud of the mountain. And, uh, you know, I always bugged Jim Delaney that he was not the first. He was the second. That's about the only thing I can say that the Mountain West beat the Big Ten on. <laughs> but when we started the mountain on September 1st, 2006, it was in existence for six years. The biggest challenge for us was was simply the distribution. And that's what early on the Big Ten network faced uh, for a while. The SEC, the ACC network, all those conferences that followed suit. Uh, very proud of the fact that that we were on direct TV very early on, and the Pac-12, for example, still is not on direct TV and, and probably never will be. But uh, it was, you know, the distribution fight. But the genesis for us was to get more exposure for not only football and men's basketball, but you know the other 16 sports that we sponsor and have an outlet for uh, uh, soccer's and baseballs and and uh, uh, you know, the other team sports. And, and so I think it was a, a very successful endeavor. It was challenging because we had two partners and it was CBS and Comcast. And that's kind of like uh, the Hatfields and the McCoys, right? <laughs> you, you don't, it, it didn't really make sense how those two got together. One was more in production, other was more in the uh, philosophy and the strategy behind the network. But we made it work for six years, and I, I think it was a very viable product. And, you know, I've, I've told many people, I wish I had some venture capitalist buddies or other deep-pocketed people. I would have loved to have bought the mountain and, and kept it going. But uh, it, it, uh, it closed its doors on May 31st, 2012. But I think it was, again, something that for us, we felt we needed to be a little different. We couldn't just do the same things that everybody else did. I don't mean this disrespectfully. We are not going to win, and we have not won the trophy case. We're not winning national championships. So how do we set ourselves up differently and in a unique situation? And, and it's much like we'll talk again about this in a few minutes, but, you know, Barstool's involvement in the Arizona Bowl, I mean, we're always pushing. We were always challenging our membership to do things just a little different that would benefit the Mountain West. And we'll dive right into that right now, Commissioner. I mean, tell me about the first minute, uh, you know, maybe not the first minute. You seem to have a fantastic recollection for dates, by the way. Um, I have notes here. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Very impressive. Um, 
that you heard about the possibility of an Arizona Bowl and the Mountain West being involved in that? Well, I'll never forget. Uh, we were at the uh, Fiesta Bowl function at our spring league meeting, and I sat down with a couple of folks from Phoenix that had been involved in the Fiesta Bowl for years, uh, a gentleman from CBS there in, in Phoenix, and I said, we need more bowls. And they said, Tucson's interested. Tucson has some people excited about it and the wherewithal. Uh, that that uh, leadership structure has changed over time. But but uh, I'll never forget that first meeting. It's one of the side rooms at the Biltmore. And, uh, you know, we, we all pitched in. We got it off the ground. You know, now it's become a real destination for our league. Our people love coming to Tucson. Think about it. You're coming from Idaho and Nevada and Wyoming uh, at the end of December. It's a little nicer weather in Tucson. The stadium's phenomenal. The, the hotels are great. Uh, the infrastructure, a, a good leadership team, you know, now certainly with, with bar, Barstool support, uh, you know, I think it's really become a destination, you know, and, and uh, you know, our people, that, that's, you know, I, I can't label them or rank them, excuse me. Hawaii is always kind of fun, but it is Christmas Eve and it, you're going to spend Christmas in Hawaii. Not bad, but you're not going to spend <laughs> Christmas at home. Whereas the Arizona Bowl allows the opportunity to be in a bowl game, send the guys home for Christmas, come back, uh, have the bowl reward, and uh, you know, and, and be able to have the holidays at home as well. And again, you know, because of the facilities, because of the weather, because of of all the things, you know, the the movie set that we take the kids to and and show them how the the westerns were filmed and stuff. I'll never forget, there's a kind of a sidebar story. I was there with Air Force and, you know, when they, they shot the guy off or the church and he fell into the, the foam pit, this guy said, did they shoot him? I'm going, come on, dude, you're in the United States <laughs> Air Force. Don't they shoot him. Yeah, that's called a movie. And, and I, I'll never forget that. But, but anyway, all the functions that uh, Ali and Kim and everybody have put together, it, it's really become a, a great destination bowl for, uh, for our league. And you'll always be a great friend of ours because you've, you've had to do some stumping with your member institutions from year one when we had two Mountain West teams play in our game. Two, as you mentioned, now our partnership with Barstool. What is it that's led you to talk about us in a positive nature and be able to massage those relationships with your member institutions on behalf of our bowl? Well, a little bit of it, uh, Eric, is like what I said earlier, how the world is changing, how intercollegiate athletics are, are moving in a different direction. I've used that uh, acronym FANG, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Now we throw Barstool in there. Uh, you know, the the streaming, it's not just ABC and NBC and CBS, and there's so many ways to watch this. What's unique about the Arizona Bowl and, and Barstool's involvement is it's contemporary, it's fresh, it's younger. I'll give you an example. My, my son-in-law uh, has uh, ridden our coattails and come to the national championship with my daughter many years. And a couple of years <laughs> ago in New Orleans, he was so excited. I can't remember the name of the uh, bar restaurant, but Barstool was uh, broadcasting live. I think he spent the whole weekend there and he was mesmerized. He's seeing all the celebrities and the coaches come through and he ran into this group and that group. And all I could talk is Barstool, Barstool, Barstool. And, you know, and he's, uh, I'm, I'm 28 years old, I'll say. 
and uh, been out of college four or five, but that's the demographic that's a little different than another demographic. And I think that's the delivery. Uh, you go to any college campus today and, and go into the student union and you start talking barstool, people are aware of it. Absolutely. We love that. You know, I, I got a chance to be out with them at their first ever basketball invitational over the weekend in Philadelphia. I'd, I had our bowl logo on on the plane and I more so than ever, people stop me and ask me, oh, are you involved with Barstool? What do you, you know, what is this? What it's, and the demographic is always that you can almost guess their age. You're like, oh, you're 18 to 35. You're like, you're it's right like, there in that uh, age. <laughs> you know, and, and that, it's like, it's like ESPN Saturday morning game day, 24 seven, right? That's a great analogy. Yeah. It's uh it's new and it's fresh. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about the trophy case. The Mountain West has always been right that right there in that conversation to be, and I'll use air quotes for those of you who can't see what we're doing, the next power five, you know, to add that power six. And you've won so many games against the power five, if you will. What's that conversation been like across your desk over the years? Well, you, you hit it right on the head and I appreciate you saying that, you know, annually, I, I hate the labeling of, 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 Power five and group of five, and you know we're we're ten FBS conferences, but to annually be one of the top two uh, non-autonomous conferences is very important. You know we played in in five BCS or CFP bowl games. We've won four of them. This is the irony of it all. I tell people we're four and one, our only loss in a in a, uh, a CFP or BCS bowl game was to Boise State. They go, huh? They're, they're in the Mountain West. But Boise State beat Andy Dalton and TCU when they were in the Mountain West. But, uh, you know, we were, we, we've always been fighting on a personal note. You know, the CFP expansion is huge. And that entered into my decision. Not that there's not a lot of stuff, but you can work the rest of your life, right? But this seemed to be a, a decent stopping point. I testified in, in the uh, late 2000s in front of a congressional subcommittee about expansion and a playoff, uh, proposed two different playoffs actually. And so it's so rewarding to see that come to fruition. Now, we're gonna get done in year 11 and 12? I don't know, it's still to be determined. But at a minimum in year 13, at the end of this contract, there will be a 12 team college football playoff. And, and to give the Mountain West that opportunity, I've told our coaches I've traveled around, that the best thing about it, the most rewarding personally, is on August 1st, you can get 100 kids in the meeting room, say, welcome to whatever institution. If you win the Mountain West Conference, you're going to have a chance to be guaranteed a spot as one of the top six ranked automatic qualifiers by being by virtue of a conference championship. Can't say that today. Can and will be able to say that very soon. You know, you've you've come across so many things in your time as a Mountain West commissioner. What would you say are the top couple that stick out to you that you're proud of that you're going to hang your hat on as you walk out the door here in uh, in a month or so? You know, I think I think that uh, the CFP expansion is huge. Uh, the fact the national the progress we've made towards national recognition of our football programs mentioned we had participated in, in BCS and CFP, CFP bowls in the past. Now, this sounds really goofy, but just keeping the league moving forward. You know, we current, we had eight charter members in 1999. Six of those eight are still with us. 
but Utah went to the Pac-12, TCU went to the Big 12, BYU went independent. Uh, we added TCU before, obviously, they departed. We've since added Boise State, Nevada, Fresno State, Hawaii, Utah State, San Jose State. Uh, Boise State and San Diego State announced they were leaving to go to the Big East, never left to go to the Big East. And so the membership changes and the fact that we kept the band together and that we kept a very viable league over 24 years with all these changes. And as I'm reading, I don't have any inside information for you this morning, but you know there are institutions that are interested in looking at, at other conference uh, opportunities perhaps. Maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't. But I, I think the fact that we were able to, to keep moving forward, progressing uh, in this day and age, keep the league, I mean, I'll just say it out loud. USC and UCLA playing Rutgers. I'm, I'm, I'm still not tracking on, on some of those things, but I, I think the number is something like 67, almost two thirds of all FBS schools have changed conferences, you know, in the last 20 years. And, and we're right in the middle of that and, and able to keep it going. Um, the, another thing is the championships. You know, we're here to serve the student athletes. We're here to put on quality competition and championships. And it's so rewarding at the end of a tennis, a golf, a track championship to get a letter from a student athlete or from a coach saying, man, I was first class. This is like the Olympics junior. This is the neatest meet, you know, it's a Friday and I'm running on a, a golf course somewhere in a cross country meet and it's just, I'm running. But I come to the Mountain West Championship and the banners and the hoopla and the introductions, et cetera. You know, we, we feel we've given them an absolute first-class experience, not just in football, men's basketball. We're here for all the sports. We're here in Tucson, where we're obviously in a basketball hotbed, and a lot of the fans, U of A fans here, go up to Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship. That's another area I don't think the Mountain West gets a lot of credit for is the basketball championship that you guys have hosted there many years. That could, that kind of set the table for more conferences coming to Las Vegas, and now the NCA is even having some of their uh, postseason events there. I don't mean to sound as political as this is going to sound, but I wish we would have bit, built the fence a little higher. Uh, <laughs> we, we've been in the Las Vegas Bowl for 20-some years. Uh, as you said, we've had uh, – uh, this will be our 24th, basketball championship we've always played the men's and women's championship together simultaneously and all but three years in denver it's been 21 years in las vegas and so you know that's been an important market for us a wonderful city and and now like you said the the word is out and people realize you know people want to come to las vegas it's funny uh, we've had some wonderful, wonderful athletic directors through the years that have, have gone on to other institutions. And, and they all say the same thing to go, this is the most phenomenal basketball tournament in history. Your team loses and you're ticked off for about 10 minutes until you realize, hey, I'm in Las Vegas till Sunday. <laughs> and okay, now I'm going to golf or eat or go to shows or, or the gaming, whatever else you want to do. Uh, I'm still in Las Vegas for a couple of days. And so, you know, I've said many, many times, it's one of the most unique cities in the world. There's only one Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, we're, we're proud to have partnered with it. But 
Yeah, we, we jumped on that bandwagon. We continued it from the WAC days. They had played the football championship there. They had played the basketball tournament there. And, uh, you know, we kept that going. But it's, uh, it's, been, a, it's been a great run. And, and now we're sharing it with not only uh, several conferences, but the NFL and the NHL and maybe Major League Baseball. So uh, the word is out. Wow, the mountain, Vegas. You can take credit for a lot of things that people just jumped on your ship. <laughs> Well, it's uh, it's been fun, you know, and again, uh, our drive, our initiative throughout, and I've had a phenomenal staff, you know, Brett Gilliland, we've got a lot of people that have been around here for a long time, and a couple of them with me since we started this league, but we've always tried to kind of, I hate that term, think outside of the box, but we've always tried to be progressive and different because we're not just going to roll it out there and win it. And people say, oh, let's talk about the Mountain West instead of Alabama or Ohio State or whomever. So we, we've been uh, forced, if you will, to be a little creative, to be a little different and try to think of some things that are that are unique to our league. I think the Mountain West, one of the great reasons we have a great alignment is our mission and our vision is is very similar. You know, a lot of the relationships you guys have made, I've been fortunate to be with you in Vegas for our media days over the last couple of years. Um, and then one of the great stories uh, about the pandemic, which was such a difficult time for a lot of people, is the relationships you pulled through for a team like San Jose State, who spent six weeks in Las Vegas. And it was the relationships of the conference that allowed that to happen. And New Mexico spent the whole season in Las Vegas and their basketball teams, both men and women spent the whole season in Texas. And I still go back and we're, we're still all kind of recovering, right? From, from uh, those days, but you know, I'll never forget the phone call in uh, uh, late August when our board said, we're not gonna play football in 2020. And it's not just a financial deal, but how important football is in every regard and aspect. And I said, boy, bosses, that this, this is going to be hard. And I had 12 coaches literally profanely yelling at me, you got to get this done. This is ridiculous. I said, well, you work for one. I work for 12, those same 12 bosses. And then you look at the state of Hawaii, the state of California, the state of New Mexico. They just couldn't play. Their governors, their state legislature told the schools, you are not playing. Well, then we got the vaccination and we things started to turn a little bit. And, you know, whatever it was, four weeks later, we were able to have a season uh, conference only. I think we played one or two non-conference games and, uh, you know, we're able to pull it off and, and get it done. But, you know, it, we had literally daily calls with the athletic directors and the coaches group saying, we're trying everything we can, but the politics, and I'm, I'm not the gut, we have seven states, and they were all over the map. And, and I, I mean this positively, but just show you the uniqueness. Wyoming, you know, is basically saying masks, we don't need no stinking masks, you know, and, and you know, it, it was just different. It was all over the place. But to have gotten that season in and, and got a plate, you know, we spent... Uh, four million dollars just testing football players alone three days a week wow play that season and that and that's that's reflective of everybody in the con everybody in the country that played football that year now you've done so much and you talk about the seven states 
what's a typical weekend for you? Like, I mean, a lot of conference commissioners can make their way in the morning by noon and be at a different game in two hours. It's not quite the case with you. Like, how do you get around and make sure everybody feels the love? Well, I try to take a little nap midday so I can watch those three or four 8.30 kickoffs uh, mountain time. Uh, no, it's it's uh, it's an interesting league. You know, everybody else is done playing. It's fun because I've had so many people in the East Coast saying, oh, yeah, I stayed up and watched that game the other night. Um, Boise State in Nevada, it was snowing and, you know, and well, what a unique league this is geographically and and altitude and every other reason. But um, I, I probably don't travel as much as some of my peers. I've got a, my own little personal war room at home. I have three 70 inch TVs and, and I'll, I'll have all three of them uh, clicking from 10 in the morning uh, when they start playing on the East Coast to, uh, I don't always stay up to the second half of the Hawaii game. I will be honest with you. But, um, you know, we, we look at, I, I get to see a lot more when I'm here and I do go out on the road and it is important to, to be seen, but you know, you, you don't get the full grasp of what happened that day when you're at a particular game, because as you well know, it's start to finish about a six, seven hour day to go to a singular game. Then I miss everything else. You know, I'm not watching 10 other teams. So um, I'm, I'm a little old school, maybe in that way, but I, I probably, watch more than I attend, but uh, uh, I like Air Force games because it's about five or six stoplights from my house. It's easy to get over there and, and get back. Now, uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting Mrs. Thompson a few times. How did you talk her into that one to start with? Because I'm not sure that would go well in my house to say I need three 70-inch TVs that I'm just going to sit down at about 10 a.m. And, and I'll see you later. She, uh, she's an athlete. She ran track at Kansas State. Uh, her brother played uh, 11 or 12 years in the NBA. Her dad was a coach. So she understands how this all works. And, and thank goodness, uh, I convinced her that it's part of my job. I'm working, honey, when I'm, I'm done. Hey, can you bring me some more chips? And I'm out of, uh, <laughs> out of Coca-Cola. So, uh, but anyway, no, she, she's a real trooper and has been a big part of this. But she's also a fan and understands. All right, so let's talk bowl games. That's what we're here for. You know, we are the Arizona bowl game. From the commissioner's chair, you, you said earlier in this call, we're not looking for inside information unless you want to give it to us. But uh, what are the things that, you looking, that you're looking at when you're trying to place your teams in, in postseason contests? Oh, good question. You know, there's a couple things. You know, you don't want to get the repeat games. Uh, you know, even uh, I've heard anecdotally Oklahoma said, we're tired of going to Fiesta Bowl. I, I don't know, maybe are, but, you know, you don't want to have the same teams in the same cycle. And we all have different selection processes. You know, some are hard, fast. If you finish here, you're going to that bowl. If you finish there, you're going to this bowl. Uh, we, we basically have first selection at the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, and everybody else is tied for second to a degree, and we just try to match them. So non-repeats, uh, travel considerations a little bit. As I mentioned, it uh, kind of depends on the team. A lot of people love the Arizona Bowl because they can send the kids home for Christmas and then come back and have the wonderful bowl experience. Others would rather be done by Christmas. Let's play it on 18th, 19th, 20th and send them home and the season's over. And so, you know, you, you bring a lot of considerations in. Uh, you know, certainly 
the bull partners, we listen. We listen to, uh, you know, you guys that are running the Arizona Bowl that, you know, we'd really like to see Team X or Y this year. We've, we've not had them in the game before. You know, one of one of the unique things for us, I had mentioned the Hawaii Bowl. We, we try to place that a little early just because of the logistics to get to Honolulu on December 21st. Very expensive trip uh, at Christmas. And so generally we try to announce that, you know, if we can, uh, a week before the normal selection announcement weekend. But, uh, you know, it's just a combination of everything. We talked to ESPN. We, we canceled our call today until Wednesday because we wanted to see the CFP rankings tomorrow and which leagues might be short or long, et cetera. And so uh, but we're in constant communication. We have six guaranteed bowl slots, uh, you know, and, and Arizona's done a, a great job of, of moving up uh, in that pecking order. And, you know, we, we try again, um, I'll give an example. I won't name the team to school, but they said, you know, I don't know why Arizona bowl. This is like one of the first or second years of the game. I, you know, and in the car, as the team landed, hadn't even been in town a couple hours, the AD called and said, I'm wrong. And I want to apologize. This is <laughs> awesome. And this is like three days before the game. And so that's the environment you have allowed us to create. Yeah, we're big fans. You know, Coach Bull and Coach Calhoun specifically, whenever I get a chance to see them over the summer in Vegas, they're always so complimentary. Coach Calhoun's like, we got to come back. <laughs> and we, well, the only know. problem with the Wyoming bunch is they might stay till January 10th or 12th. <laughs> you know, if you allow them to come in, I'm just teasing. We love the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, we enjoyed their time here as well. They're uh, they're certainly a fun group. You know, they brought two horses. It's one of the fun things in the bull world and some some things, and this leads into my next question for you. We all know kind of the great football. What's one of the weirder things you've had to deal with as a commissioner? One of those phone calls when you're like, I'm sorry, well, what? I, I'll tell you, and, and particularly the bowl games. So we were at the Serb Pro game a couple of years ago, and it's lightning and thundering. And by NCAA rule, you have to wait 30, minute between, 30 minutes between thunderclaps. And we got about a, a, a third of the quarter in the first quarter, like two or three drives. Boston College was beating Boise State 7 nothing, And it was going to last all day. And we got in the tunnel, and it was then Steve Adazio at Boston College, Brian Harson, and the ADs. And, and, and no one was in control. And we literally met in a stairwell. And, and we said, we're not going to play this game because we can't just warm up, wait a half hour, then there's another thunderclap and you go back. So we canceled the game. So I'm walking out of the stadium. And, and this was, uh, I think, the day after Christmas, if I'm not mistaken, the 26th. And I'm getting beat up by the Boise State fans saying, I spent all this money, I want a refund. I said, I didn't tell you to come. And I didn't make the decision not to play the game. It's NCAA rule, et cetera. And uh, the weirdest part about that is uh, this thunderstorm closed both airports and, and one of my staffers and I rented a truck and drove 13 hours from Dallas back to Colorado Springs through the remnants of a blizzard in eastern New Mexico, western Texas. And I'm going like, okay, this is about the weirdest bullet spray. So, so we played <laughs> 10 snaps and got yelled at. Uh, the life of the boss, right? That's uh, all fun. You've made your way here a few times. What's your experience yeah. been like for our bowl game? Oh, it's great. You know, and and uh, I, I don't know if this is good or bad or indifferent. We were talking about one day maybe 
flying in the jet and the flyover. And I go, I don't know, but I mean, I don't even like uh, uh, fair rides, right? I'm not a Disney World kind of guy. So uh, we, we won't be doing that. But, uh, you know, just again, the, 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 the set, you know, the movie set and taking those guys out and feeding them steaks and they get to get a little sense of how that works. But uh, the, the facilities, the hotels, obviously the stadium, you know, everything that, that Arizona Bowl has done and created, you know, it's absolutely first class and it's really become a, a priority for our teams to say, hey, let, who's going to Arizona? I want to go to Arizona. It's funny you talk about the steak. It's one of my favorite stories to tell in my five years with the bowl is you've never seen a steak sandwich until you've seen a football player put steak and then steak in the middle and steak on top. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a true steak sandwich. That's how you get to be 350 pounds, right? Those fellas can eat. Yeah, it's fun to watch. So, you know, we've mentioned a few times you're on your way out. You guys named your replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ms. Gloria Navarez, uh, tell me about that and, and kind of the wisdom you might leave with her before she takes over the reins. Well, you know, uh, I, I'm very proud of what we've accomplished in, in 24 seasons. And I told her uh, Friday before the announcement, I, I'm willing, I, I live five stoplights away and we're not leaving. So I'm, I'm willing, if the phone rings, I'll absolutely pick it up. If, if you don't need any any uh, support or advice, uh, that works out well too. But I want the league to continue to have successes. And, uh, you know, Gloria is very experienced in the West Coast Conference and, and a lot of the NCAA committee work that she has done. I think she'll be a, a fantastic leader and uh, be able to, to continue, you know, some of the things we've started and probably bring a lot, not probably, absolutely will bring some new, ideas and some concepts that uh, that we haven't tried before and 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 just keep the mountain west on on the national uh, uh landscape what are you going to miss the most i think you know it sounds cliche say but the people you know the the you know you told a couple of stories i've told a couple of stories uh you know i sound like an old man because my younger staff i tell them about this or that or that happening they go man what is the guy's a dinosaur but it's just, it's the experiences and the people and, uh, you know, the opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, promote this brand Mountain West. But really, it's going to be, it's going to be the people on a day-to-day basis. It's not like I'm leaving uh, uh, this earth. Let me rephrase that. I'm, I'm leaving the Mountain West. But uh, I'll still have opportunities. So we, we plan to go to Final Fours uh, uh, the national championship in Los Angeles to still see people and in, in uh, hospitality type situations. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to miss the, uh, the three o'clock panic wake up of, Oh no, I've got that zoom at seven 30 and we've got to get this done. We got to make a decision. Yes or no on this particular issue. Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a perfect time. I think the league's in good shape. And, you know, just pass the baton. That happens in every business, right? Absolutely. You know, I've, I've always felt a little bit for you over the last couple of years, again, going back to Vegas, when you make your opening remarks, you know, a couple of years ago, it was pandemic and, you know, it was, we don't know. And then this past summer, it was conference realignment hit about 24 hours before we were all together. All the questions from the porters of, 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 we don't know. It's got to be great for you to go. It's okay. That's, I don't know. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And, and, and unfortunately, people don't want to hear it. That is an answer. I, I don't know. Uh, I'll remember sitting in the hallway talking to a national reporter, and he 
flipped his phone to me, said, did you see this? I go, no, I've been talking to you for 45 minutes. And that's when Oklahoma and Texas announced they're going to the SEC a couple at media day summers ago. I said, it happens when it happens. And, uh, you know, those, those are constant, the changes. And, and certainly we haven't been immune to, to membership issues, but, you know, we've got a good group and, and it's unique and it's, it's in the West. We have the most beautiful vistas and plateaus and buttes and mountains, et cetera. Not a lot of TV homes, but it's a wonderful place to live and it is what it is. And, you know, unfortunately for any of the fans that might be listening, yes, we will play at 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. Uh, that's when our TV partners, CBS and Fox, find the most value from us. Uh, one more thing, and then we'll we'll let you go on to uh, getting ready for your retirement party here. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> you sat on some very prestigious committees with the NCAA. You've seen a lot. You've been a lot of, of behind the scenes conversations. What is one thing that you wish would happen or you hope happens in the next, let's say five to 10 years in the NCAA, just across the board? I wish we would be a little more collegial. I wish that we would think about the good of the game. My drive on college football playoff expansion obviously biased selfishly was getting the Mountain West a, a, a better opportunity. But at the same token, we, we can't screw up college football. It's, uh, it's the second most popular sport, light years behind the NFL, but the NFL has its own reasons for popularity. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're sitting in a position that this is a good thing. So how do we make it better? How do we keep people engaged? How do we grow the sport rather than just isolate it. You know, you go back to 24 years and what was the first, the Alliance, then it was the BCS and then it was the CFP. But what, what has really transpired over those 24 years, people care across the country. Well, who's winning the Pac-12? Is the Big Ten going to get a, a second team? You know, it's not just the geography. I lived four years in Atlanta and 12 years in New Orleans. I understand SEC football and the value and importance, but it's become a national sport. And, and you know, how many articles today? Let's go right now, flip on any whatever. And all they do are dissect in the top 25 and who's going to be in the 14 playoff and who's not going to be in the playoff, et cetera. It's great. It's phenomenal promotion and marketing for the, for the wonderful sport of college football. But I wish we would think a little more globally and what's good for the game and not just the extra money you're going to get for being commissioner of league X. Well, commissioner Thompson, uh, as I mentioned a while back at, you know, when we were talking, we were just so grateful that you've been a huge part of the Arizona bowl from literally its inception, what you've done with the conference to help us get where we are and where we're going, frankly, and all the conversations you've had on our behalf. So as you head out, allow us to publicly say, thank you so much for being such a big stumper for us and all the work that you've done for the Arizona Bowl. Well, back at you. I appreciate it very much. It's a wonderful relationship. Uh, it's become a, a key partnership for us. And, uh, you know, we, we've got a lot of great things ahead. But, uh, you know, again, our, our people, thank goodness we were able to start the Arizona Bowl a few years ago because it just keeps growing year by year. All right. He is Craig Thompson, the commissioner of the Mountain West for another, let's see, about 
40 days ish somewhere in Who's there. Who's counting? Who's <laughs> counting? <laughs> Mrs. Thompson, I guarantee you, Mrs. Yeah. <laughs> is counting and ready to have you there. And I'm sure uh, your, your daughters as well. So thanks for your time, sir. We appreciate you. We look forward to, to seeing you here in Tucson soon. All right, guys. Thank you. Have a wonderful day and good luck in the game this year. All right, Ben, when we we got to schedule Commissioner Thompson as a guest, we've met him several times. I think he's as animated and was exciting, and I really loved learning about his chair and all of those committees and the perspective from him in the Mountain West offices, looking at a plethora of things that he went over. Yeah, I mean, he's been, he's done it all. He's seen it all for the conference. He was there. He was the first employee of the Mountain West Conference when they when they were formed back in 1998. Yeah, it was really interesting to hear his stories and him reflecting back on some of the accomplishments that he's most proud of in his time at the Mountain West Conference. And it's the end of the era. You know, he's been there. He's been the face of the Mountain West. You can argue he's been the face of group of five football or a group of five athletics for the past 20 plus years. Man, in his time, he has certainly seen a lot. Can you imagine from where he started uh, with the Mountain West to where it's going now with all the realignment and expanding a playoff and all of that? So great insight from Craig. Certainly an honor to have him on uh, as he winds down his time with the Mountain West Conference. But we certainly are not winding our time down with them. Their season is winding down. We'll check in with our conference corner here in a little bit. But first, you've met a few of our Bull Ambassadors. Today, you get to meet another one, Lamont Hundley. Uh, an awesome man, great figure here in our community in Tucson. And we're going to talk to him coming up next. Welcome back to Squid Kicks, a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl podcast. Today, one of our guests, one of our favorites here in the Tucson area, a legend uh, among the folks in football here in our in our community None other than Lamont Hunley. Lamont, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you guys for having me here. I'm looking forward to chatting it up with you and, and see where we come out this little short time. Uh, looking forward to hearing some good things about what the bowl game got in, in store uh, coming this year. So I'm, I'm excited. So Lamont uh, is not only a, a great friend of the bowl, he's one of our bowl ambassadors. Uh, got a great history of football on his own, his family here in the community, what he's done with the youth. Uh, from a playing standpoint, he played linebacker here at the University of Arizona from uh, 81 to 84, just a few minutes ago. First team all Pac-10, third team football news, All-American in 84. 400 career tackles, ranked sixth all-time at U of A football, so he could still go get you. Person who's the all-time leader in career tackles is his brother, Ricky Hundley. Uh, Lamont played in the NFL with the Indianapolis Colts. They could probably use you again right now. Uh, <laughs> And after his playing career, started his own business, very successful here in Tucson, Arizona Health, which specializes in residential and commercial exercise equipment, and as mentioned, one of our esteemed bowl ambassadors. So just talking about football, how much has football led into what you've been able to do here in the Tucson community as a person and a professional? Well, you know, the game of football has has blessed me in so many different ways, Eric. Um, you know, like you just said, I mean, I played in the early 80s. Um, but it seemed like, you know, I played a game last week. Um, I was on the field about a week or so ago because, I mean, football is the, you know, to me, is, is the number one sport here in, in, in the Tucson area. Um, and University of Arizona is the only show really here in town. So I think the community <clears throat> really gravitate to that. The community really 
you know, get to know us as athletes. Um, and, you know, once we leave the game, we still part of the community. And, and that's the beautiful thing, especially on my end of it, you know, getting into business, um, it still allow me to be connected to the community because they still associate me with the game of football. And, um, and you know, and I think that's been a blessing on my part. And, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, I, I think this community has done some wonderful things for me and my family. And, um, and I try to do the same thing and reciprocate and give back. Yes, you do mention your family. I was uh, honored to be at the, at the gala honoring you as one of the fathers of the year this past year. Um, and Lamont gave a really nice speech. His daughter had some fun things to say about him, but that's for another podcast. Yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. I don't want to crack it, so let's let's continue with something else. <laughs> um, you know, you grew up in a very successful football family. There's only a handful of people in the world that can say, uh, my brother and I both played in the league, uh, played on Sundays. Yes. How competitive was it growing up, and uh, what's your biggest victory over Ricky? <laughs> well, it's still competitive. I mean, my, my whole household is a very – from from my mom, you know, that's where we get it from. And we had a great uncle, his, we, well, his name is Eric, but lunch, he was another gentleman that we, you know, kind of uh, uh, mold ourselves after and being competitive. So it was a very competitive household in everything we did, you know, you know, from what we were in today to the food we ate to playing sports. I mean, it was just that way. And, uh, and Ricky was one of these guys, as far as a brother that, that you know, always, you know, wanted to have you know, the upper hand on everything. He was a jokester too. I mean, he's a huge jokester, but he always wanted to have the upper hand on it. And I learned at a very, very young age that I got to be one step ahead of him all the time. You know, so even to this day, I, I, we, I play this chess game with him and I'm trying to think more than what he's thinking or the way he's thinking. So I always be a step ahead of his thinking. And, and actually getting a little easier now because he's kind of losing it upstairs, but he's getting a little easier to stay in that situation. So you know, as a kid, that, that's one of the things that I, I always try to pride myself on is try to be a, a step ahead of him. You know, something as simple as, you, I'm going to give you some money so you can owe me. So you can always owe me, regardless <laughs> of what you, you can always owe me. So and as long as you owe me, you never go broke. What's the uh, the favorite game you guys have played? You're playing a chess game now. What's, what's the most intense aside from football you guys played over the years? Well, well, of course. You know, we, we, we have these, these games uh, that we would stay up all night long playing. We still play. It's a, it's a game called Tunk. And it's a five game. Uh, it's a card where you play with multiple players, three, four players, and you deal five cards out. Um, and, and you have these side bets on the side, you know, so you can sit there and, you you know, buy, you know, back in the days, you bet a nickel or a dime, but, you know, get a little higher now. You know, so we put these little side bets on and, you know, before you know it, man, that part get bigger, bigger, and bigger, and bigger. And, and we come up with things throughout the game, too, to try to, you know, you know, win a little extra. And, and, and my motto is, if my pocket and my wallet are longer than yours, I'm going to sustain some kind of way. So, so I, I try to have a little more extra money in the game than what, what the rest of them bring. But, uh, but again, I mean, we can sit there, we can play all night long and enjoy each other company and that's i think that's the main thing we, we get the opportunity to join each other company well, well speaking of that ricky came to u of a first so was it a given that you were going to join him or did he have to recruit you to become a wildcat you know um, there was no recruiting at all really um i i was just fortunate that ricky chose the arizona 
you know, as you guys know, it's Ricky's history. Ricky could have went to any school he wanted in the country. I mean, he was that, that great of a player coming out of high school. And Ricky had the ability that he got drafted to play baseball too. I don't know most people knew that. He got drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates to play baseball. So Ricky came out here, um, um, I think it was like in November, this time of the year. And, um, and the game was going on. I think they was playing the issue. And this is the weather that he experienced. And they also was playing baseball at the same time. They was, I think they, it was like winter baseball. And so a baseball game was going on and Rick was paying attention to the baseball game and not football. And, um, and coach um, at that time, um, uh, coach Amato, not Amato, I'm sorry, coach Mason was, Rick, was recruited Ricky here. And um, coach Mason went to Rick and said, what are you doing, man? Rick said, it's a baseball game over there. And he said, well, you know, um, I, I'm interested in baseball. And he said, you are? He said, yeah, man, these other schools say, I can't play baseball. He said, what? He said, well, you come here, you can play baseball. You know, so, so Ricky said, in his words, he said, well, give me a phone. I'm going to call my mother right now and let her know I'm coming to Arizona. You tell me I can play baseball coming to Arizona. He committed to Arizona right then and there. And there's my blessing. The fact that he came here, I was good enough to come to this level of a, of a program versus the Ohio State's Notre Dame's that he could have chosen or Major League Baseball. So, um, you know, growing up with him, and he's always been my best friend and we always, you know, was together. Um, I was so blessed that he did chose his school. And my senior year, I really didn't even go on the recruit trips because I had already committed to come here and be a part of this program. So, you know, it was, it was a given for me my senior year. So through all the things that you, you and Ricky both accomplished in football, you have been heavily involved here in the community on the youth football scene with, uh, you know, uh, may you rest in peace, Julius Holt and, and some other wonderful gentlemen doing some great things. I know you and Julius were very, very close. Um, how important for you is it that youth football continues on with the lessons it's teaching young men in our community? Um, well, it, it's, it's very important. I mean, I, I think it's the foundation of being a man. Um, it's the foundation of, of, of being a, a community-based man just as well. Um, because you as a youngster <clears throat> developing and learning the game of football, it creates these other disciplines that you're going to need and you're going to use as you grow up in life. You know, so the game itself is, is, is a very important facet of the community. It needs to stay in the community. It needs to be rooted in this community and need not to go anywhere. When I was growing up, you know, we, I think it was called Pop Warner football where I came from back in Virginia. And it really was a babysitter for my mom. I mean, it gave my mom an opportunity, you know, granted she got 10 kids. So it gave my mom an opportunity to release her moment, push us off to some other people to let her do some things and maybe some quiet things that she needed to get done. But she knew we was being placed in a safe environment you know, that we was going to develop and get some from it and have fun in the process and get to know people in the process too. And we was going to come home. We came home dirty. We came home broken up, but we came home, you know? So I think having, you know, football connected and rooted in this community from the top to the bottom, from the young kids to the coaches, to the, you know, directors, you know, to the Arizona bowl game, being involved, you know, I think it's the, one of the most important, um, things that we could do as far as um, a community-based program and, and just keep it going. And it's, you know, it's just, and we got so many young kids that are out on the streets that need to stay involved and get involved. 
And none of them gonna play on Sunday, but all of them gonna get something from it where they can use it as a man and develop themselves as great people. So you talked about, you know, top to bottom, where we are an important part of our community here at the Arizona Bowl. And we're community first, only bowl game in the nation to give 100% of our net proceeds to charity. Right. You have chosen to to honor us to come on one of our bowl ambassadors. What was it that led you to say, yeah, I really want to be part of that organization and what they're doing over there? Well, first and foremost, I mean, football is is part of my DNA. You know, it's, 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 it's allowed me to be the man I am today and, and get to this point in my, you know, my life. Um you know, and then watching over the past few years, as far as, you know, being a fan of the bowl game itself and watching, you know, the different things that, 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 you know, the, you know, the leaders of this bowl game has been doing and knowing that everything stays here, everything stays here in Tucson. Okay. And, and the passion and the belief, you know, um, that again, the leaders have, you know, you know, that, that you guys carried on and, and the words that you guys been, been been saying for years and years and years and making it happen and putting all this stuff in action. Man, that opened up my eyes and said, how could you not be a part of something, you know, as classic and something that's football related, but yet and still is giving back to the community. I mean, it's everything that I have done all my life and everything I'll continue to do. You know, so it was no brainer as far as associating myself with the Arizona Bowl game, um, because the same passions that you guys were on your sleeve, I think I were on my sleeve as far as giving back into this community because the game gave so much to me. Now, you, uh, after your playing career, being from Virginia, chose to stay here in Tucson on a similar plane. How important is it that this bowl game stays here in Tucson? Because you've seen a few come and go. Yes, we have. Actually, I was on the Insight Copper Bowl years ago. I mean, I was on that 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 bowl when it did, you know, found itself up north there. Um, but I think um, the importance of, of, of having something on such a big stage as the Arizona Bowl game and the game of football that's connected in this community and not only just associated, you know, with the outside teams that's coming in, but you also associated with the University of Arizona, okay? It's allowing you know, the, 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 uh, the platform that you created with the youth, the platform that you created with our community, the platform that you created with the University of Arizona just as well, is allowing it to be seen on a national stage. So having that and having it continue, it only gonna make this city, you know, much stronger and much better than what it, what it is today. You know, so, you know, there's no way this bowl should be going anyway, anywhere, um, I, I encourage the community to, to be out here, you know, go out and, and, you know, bring your whole family, you know, bring your kids, bring your uncles, nieces, nephews, whoever's your family, who it is. I mean, it's a great opportunity to just go out and spend, you know, four, three, four hours quality time with your family members and, and, and get some fun entertainment while you're at it and some great sunshine. You know, what other bowl game to say that they're going to offer you, you know, 60, 70 degrees you know, in December. So, I mean, it's, it needs to stay, it needs to be, you know, part of this community. And, and, and my words, we always preach that. And, and hopefully some ears out there listening to, to let them know that this game needs to stay and maintain here in Tucson and be just, just 50 years from now, they should be echoing Tucson Bowl, Arizona Bowl and Tucson in one sentence. <laughs> I love that. You know what? You are 
you and your family are, are competitive and like to win at everything. We're trying to do the same thing in a way that helps our community. Um, or shift gears to your alma mater starting to win some games here oh, and that? do some some good things. And, uh, you know, with a couple of weeks to go here in the season, have a chance to perhaps, perhaps touch the postseason, which uh, yes. was a pipe dream for a lot of us going <laughs> going into the year. Um, you know, your brother's on that staff. What do you think? Of, what do you think about that turnaround that, that Ricky and Jed Fish and his staff are doing there? Well, you know, it's 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 a part of what we call buying in. You know, as far as and not only buying in, but bringing it right kids to buy into it. You know, and I think, I mean, it's you, you see it happening, especially with that class that he brought in here last year, um, on the offensive end of the ball, particularly. I mean, those kids believed in <clears throat> everything that that coaching staff had told them at the time they was out there recruiting it, and they see it coming to play right now. They see it happening. You know, so you know, I can imagine, and I can only see you know, more positive things, especially next year, when they get out there and hit the recruiting trail and do the same thing and bring some impact defensive players here, some impactful defensive players here and get those kids on the field. In some sense, they already done that because I mean, if I'm watching UCLA game last week, there was about five to seven freshmen on the field one time, you know, playing on the defense end of the field, you know, so now you got those kids believing in that message that these this coaching staff had echoed to them during their recruiting uh, visits in their time that it's happening now you know what just just stay with me it's going to take place and it's going to happen and you know what and you know rick ricky ricky lives with me and my wife by the way and uh rent free and being competitive again you don't have to pay anything but uh i i i i, I him coming home last, um, last weekend and he didn't get home till like five o'clock in the morning. But, you know, I, I, I purposely wanted to make sure I was up when he got here to let him know, you know, how proud I was as far as what they did with these kids, particularly this particular game, because that game could have went very easily the same way that the past games. But they held on and they believed and they finished that mission. And defensively, I, I, I couldn't be proud of those kids. So you talk about defense. You played defense in college on Saturdays and the league on Sundays. What do you think about all the rules that are out there now and the differences? Would Do you think you could be successful playing defense as it's defined today? Not at all. Not at all, man. Because, I mean, first of all, I, I mean, I, I my my directive was to knock somebody heads off. I mean, that's that's the way we was taught the game, and that's the way we played the game. You know, from I mean, I'm talking about from Pop Warner all the way up until the next level. But I was taught that man, if he got the ball, he don't deserve to be on the field. So you take him out. And um, but right now the game is so skewed towards. I mean, I, I look at it as like basketball. Everybody want to see a three pointer. Everybody want to see people score. Everybody want to see people get in the end zone. I mean, that's the magical thing now. Get in the end zone, you think butts gonna stay in the seat. No, keep them out of the end zone. To me, that mm -hmm. makes the game much more interesting. Keep them out of the end zone. I mean, it, that that makes the game much more interesting in my eyes and things, you know. And you know, and I I and I understand you have to change the game in order to make the game safer. But hell, you got I mean, you got you got some equipment now to making these kids safe inside of those pads, man. Stuff that I never had, but yet still I, you know, I I, I sustained and, and made it happen for myself. So I mean, I, I understand you're doing it for those reasons, but. You know, by by changing these rules and making it all one sided offensively, I think it's 
I think it's doing a, a displeasure, especially for a defensive-eyed person. You know, making uh, sustaining and making it happen for yourself is something you've also done in your professional career here in Tucson uh, with Arizona Health and keeping folks healthy, keeping them in shape, keeping the bodies moving. Tell us a little bit about your business. Well, you know, Eric, again, we, 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 we're fortunate once, once again because of this community, Tucson community, um, you know, trust us and, and believe in the message that we have and, and what we do here um, as far as our, our company here, Arizona Health, and, and, the, and, the, and the equipment we provide, the service we provide, you know, for, for customers that come to our door. We've been uh, very um, successful being around for 36 years um, here in this community. Uh, we have seen other stores like ours come and go, but we have we have figured out a way of staying footed here um, and making it happen. You know, we got people that's, that's been around or been working for us 25, 30 years. And to me, you know, that's the magic right there. When you when you when you you can keep people, you know, together, you know, and keep the and, and everybody thinking the same way and and, and and on the same page and and the same goal in mind, you know, you know, success comes with it. You know, so we, we've been so powerful to be able to offer um, this community, you know, some, some good quality fitness equipment, exercise equipment from, you know, your cardio equipment to your strength equipment, um, going out there and finding the best that we can find that's in the industry and bringing it to this Tucson market and letting people come here and touch and feel it and, and knowing that you got a partner if you bring it home, that we're going to be here for you and educate you and and fix it for you and service it for you and you know just be a partner throughout your process and your your, your way of developing yourself and your family and then making a lifestyle and um, so we've been fortunate off that end of it and um, you know and giving back also to the community allow um, this company allowed me to do that just as well um, you know there's a lot of treadmills and ellipticals that we didn't give to charities and stuff so hopefully those people use them in the right in right mindset and and benefit from it too. Where can our What's listeners the, find more information about Arizona Health? Well, um, we, we're, we, we're rooted here in Tucson at, at 6245 East 22nd Street, northwest corner, 22nd and Wilmot. Um, that's our home base. That's that's where our, our, our showroom is. And um, we're here from 9 to 7, Monday through Fridays, and on weekends, nine um, 10, to, 10 to 5. Um, we also can be seen on our website, www.arizonahealth.com. Um, and we, we encourage you to, you know, just come and touch and feel. I mean, come and touch and feel the items that we got here. And, um, you know, and um, we, we consider ourselves more educated and teachers than salespeople. Um, we, we, we give you information so you can make the proper decision um, of equipment that's going to be right for yourself and your family. And um, But, hey, you take it for yourself and come visit us. How was that? <laughs> I like that. And mm -hmm. go ahead. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just going to ask, what is the most popular piece of equipment that you guys are selling? What's the hottest thing on the market right now? Well, you know, there, there's been a lot of craze and changes of different pieces of equipment that's, that's been out there. And, and um, but a treadmill is still the number one piece of equipment, you know, because, I mean, it's a natural motion as far as getting it up and moving their legs. But that's 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 um, will, in my opinion, will always be uh, the number one piece of equipment out there. But there there's always something different coming up in different phases of pieces of equipment that's out there. And, you know, one company tried to do another company right now. You got these things that pretty much information based um, apparatuses. You know, you might've seen some on TV called Tono and it's a big old mirror type of apparatus yeah. that you basically mimic the movement 
that's on the, the actual screen. I mean, you got a lot of stuff out there, you know, again, with the Pelotons and the echelons where you got, you know, you paying someone to sit there, yell and scream at you, um, you know, but the neat thing about it, you can have it at your home. And, and, and to me, um, that, that one makes, makes it much more easier. The fact that people, you know, can get out of the bed and jump on that product. And if you, you know, if, if you're that person that need that discipline of, of yelling and screaming, I mean, those are, those are good pieces of equipment and good add-ons to have at the home, you know, because it, it does motivate, you know, and get you going. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much self-motivated, you know, you know, my wife kicked me out of bed and get your ass up. So that's my motivation. <laughs> so are you saying you are not for hire to go yell and scream at somebody to get going? That's, that's not part of your deal? That's not part of my deal. I'm not Hey, you know what? I, 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 well, I shouldn't say that. You know, maybe they pay me enough. I probably could. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not. That's not, not not part of my DNA. I, you know, I I, I think I, I I like bringing products to people, and it's kind of like Christmas every day. I mean, you just you know you see their their smiling faces. That you know they're gonna see something that can make them feel better the next day, and you know, and knowing that if there's something that you need, we're always here for you. Well, it is almost Christmas time, so if you need something, you heard it here, you can go see Lamont, a very friendly Lamont, <laughs> over at ArizonaHealth.com for all of your fitness uh, in-home residential needs. Lamont, thanks for your time today, man. We really appreciate it. Oh, this is awesome, Eric. And anything I can do, like I say, and you know, extend the words and put it out there, and hopefully we can get a flock of those people back east, midwest, wherever they're coming from, and get to see this beautiful city and get to see a great, great bowl game and uh, – you know, and let them, let them take it back to their hometown and, and, and they, they, they understand how beautiful Tucson is. And thanks for what you guys do too, bro. Well, thank you. He All is right. Lamont Hyundai. This is Squib Kicks, a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl podcast. We'll see you on the other side of the break. We want to say thank you to our proud sponsor, MyCamp Solutions. For all your business payment processing needs, head to MyCamp.com. They have your payment solution. Thank you for being a proud sponsor of Squid Kicks, a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl podcast. Man, we sound like a broken record. Every time we get to talk to these people, it's like, oh, he was so cool. <laughs> but they are. Um, you know, really interesting to hear about the brother dynamic between two NFL guys. We got to meet Chris and Rob Gronkowski here in person a few weeks ago. But you forget that, you know, Ricky and Lamont were maybe the first like big time brothers to come out of Arizona. And like I mentioned, you know, in that segment, there's got to be only a handful of brothers that have played on Sundays. Yeah, I, I did some research on Lamont and ESPN.com several years ago had a ranking of the best brother combos. I think they were in their top five. So that tells you a lot about where they where they rank as, uh, you know, as, as a brother combo. You know, uh this is an audio-only podcast. We record them on Zoom, so we get to see him. He talks about how he feels like he played his last game last week. I would still try to run from him because I think getting hit by him would still, like, damage me for a lifetime. That guy's still, like, ready to go. Well, I hope so. I mean, he's in the business of being in shape. So <laughs> he's he's definitely using his own products. That's right. Uh, speaking of being in shape, things are starting to take shape in our conference corner. We're going to get to it right after the music. All right, Ben, a couple of weeks left and man, some chaos in the Mac. So let's start our conference corner. Um, you know, the hashtag in, in the Mac conference is Maction. 
and it cannot be more fitting. It's crazy over there. Yeah, Maction is something that is it's fun to watch the entire football world kind of get excited about on Tuesdays and, and Wednesdays. I think everybody out there is just a fan of watching these teams play at these unusual times. And and the schools deliver with some memorable moments, whether it's trick plays or upsets or big comebacks. It's it's right on brand. Man, it's it's fun. Our colleagues at Barstool Sports have done their college football show uh, from the MAC, both on Tuesday and Wednesday. They were at Toledo and then Northern Illinois. Some snow. Big Cat got the key to the city. Uh, the MAC has embraced Barstool, and we are excited to continue that on here in Tucson. Um, we have a couple of teams who are standing out. You know, Bowling Green was part of that Tuesday upset in Toledo. If you can even call it upsets in the MAC anymore, I don't think big you performance can, no. by them. Yeah, I think I think matching is kind of like the cliche. You just got to throw the records out the window when you have you know rivals match up. It's kind of the same thing for matching games. And it's like eight weeks of that. You know, you <laughs> it's it's crazy. So uh, you know, Toledo was was on top of the, the division there. They've already secured their place in Detroit. So now it's who they're going to play in the other side of the world. And man, you talk about we're familiar with Wildcats here in the in the desert, but a Bobcat has really leapt to the top of the standings there in the other division of the MAC. Yeah, and you mentioned Bowling Green. There's a big game coming up next week. Bowling Green's going to be at Ohio, and that probably will decide the division and which team is going to be playing in the MAC, the MAC championship. Yeah, that's going to be either way. It's going to be a fun game in Detroit. I mean, as we've mentioned, every MAC game seems to be highly entertaining. Um, but despite that upset, Toledo stolen driver's seat. Yep, they still look good, still look strong. I know it was a, a tough loss for them uh, last night. We're recording on on Wednesday. Uh, but, yeah, they're they're going to be a, a tough out. Over in the Mountain West, uh, you know, things are a little more by the book, if you will, over there, um, which in our world of trying to select teams is a little bit appreciated. We breathe yeah, a little easier <laughs> when the team we think is going to win does win, and we kind of start to be able to pare down our pecking order. Um, the teams we mentioned last week continuing to roll. Boise State, definitely in the driver's seat in the Mountain West. Fresno State, since getting Jake Hanner back, they're on a tear. Um, they have a, a couple of big games coming up. Uh, and then Wyoming, we talk about them a lot. They could throw a wrench into this whole thing. They host Boise State in Laramie this weekend. And, you know, Boise State, everybody talks about the cold. They just played Nevada in the snow and looked like they had absolutely no problem. So, who knows? Laramie is just a different world, a different environment, and those Cowboys are going to be ready for the Broncos. Yeah, they're coming off a very emotional win uh, in Fort Collins. They won the bronze boot, the rivalry trophy that those teams played for. I think it was the sixth time in the last seven years. Uh, so they're coming off of, you know, it's interesting. it'll be interesting to see how they do getting up emotionally for that rivalry game and then having to come back and play another big conference game against Boise State. Well, ben, you spent some time in Fort Collins, so tell us about the boot. We know about the Territorial Cup here in Arizona. Tell us how important is that boot championship is. Oh, that's that's you know that's you know here in uh, in Tucson, we know about the Wildcats and the Sun Devils playing for the Territorial Cup. It's it's the same thing up there in in uh, Wyoming and and Fort Collins. It's that bronze boot is is a uh, something that's cherished and desired. It's it's a great rivalry. They they do, you know. It's it's uh, the boot is a uh, former soldier. It's it, it was 
um, bronze to, into a trophy. And it ties into the military that um, both schools uh, really, uh, you know, embrace. There's, they, they run the game ball from school to school with each team's ROTC. So last, you know, this this past uh, week, the Wyoming ROTC ran the game ball to the border, the Colorado and Wyoming border, and the Colorado State ROTC accepted it and ran it down to to uh, Fort Collins. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, I urge you to spend a few minutes on YouTube. I watched it. It is so cool to watch those those young men and women running the game ball. They have a police escort running down the road in the mm-hmm. snow. It's very movie-esque, and the game always turns out that way anyway. On paper, Wyoming should have taken care of business pretty easily. But, man, what a great football game, 14-13 final it turned out to be. Um, so, yeah, cool stuff happening. And, man, these next two weeks are going to uh, tie up a lot of loose ends and break a lot of hearts. But that's what we're all about here in the bowl season. Yeah, speaking of cool stuff, you had you did some cool stuff this past week. You are up in Philadelphia, or I should say down in Philadelphia, on the other side of the country for the Barstool Invitational. Tell us about that. Yeah, this falls under the my job doesn't suck category. (laughs) Um, We get to do some really cool things. And one of those, I I was honored to uh, go over to Philadelphia, which is a great city, by the way. I had not spent much time there. I really, really enjoyed the people and and the food um, and a great environment. But we were there for the inaugural Barstool Invitational Basketball Tournament. Not really a tournament. um, Doubleheader. Yeah, yeah, doubleheader is is the proper terminology. Uh, the first game between uh, um, uh, UAB and Toledo was a good basketball game. And then the second game featured Mississippi State and Akron. So a couple of our Mexican friends over there got to see uh, Commissioner Steinbrecher from the MAC and uh, meet a couple of those folks. But man, what a cool environment. You would expect Barstool to bring some fun stuff. Um, I got to do kind of a live out a kid dream and we were all just shooting half court shots in Wells Fargo arena for a good 30 minutes. Um, you know, I FaceTimed my son just to be like, Hey, I'm on an NBA court. This is kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they did a great job. The broadcast was really smooth, uh, for anybody who's concerned about what our broadcast might look like, uh, from the barstool side of the world, man, it looked great. Uh, I told everybody, if you had wandered into a bar and saw it up on a monitor, you had no idea you weren't watching ESPN or FS1. Really high quality broadcast and some fun, fun things. I think one of my favorites, and I know Ben, you like this a lot. Also, was the in-game coach interview while the game was going on. Yeah, you you know, I, you see that nowadays that those interviews that take place on the court, but they're usually during a timeout or at a quarter break. These guys, they were they had the coaches mic'd up while the game was going on. So in between answering the questions from the announcers, you could hear the coaches calling out, you know, plays and, bark, you know, barking at the referee or, or talking to their, their players. So it was, it was an insight that, you know, I don't think I've ever seen before in a broadcast. Oh yeah. It was so cool. And then typical to they brought the whole company. Jerry was out there mopping the floor, mopping up sweat and tossing fragrance into the stands. Caleb and Roan doing their thing. Uh, Big Cat sang the national anthem, which you might get to see a, a, a repeat performance here in Tucson, should you be here on December the 30th, which I urge you to do. Uh, but really a fun, fun environment. I equated it, uh, you know, not a huge crowd, but uh, I equated it to an NCAA tournament game because not too many people cared who was on the floor. They were having a great time. So it was loud. They were cheering both ways. Uh, the games went quick. The players were into it. There was momentum. 
Um, I think one of my favorite things they did was they had a Pizza Hut dunk cam. So they replayed yeah. every dunk, um, you know, which is what we all want to see again in slow-mo and a couple of different angles. So that was a lot of fun. Very excited. I thought, and I thought the atmosphere was was really good. It came off well on TV. I think you said there was about 5,000 people there. And when you think about it, that none of the schools were really that close to Philadelphia. So 5,000 people for an event um, with some distance there with, and they also, I don't think people realize they had a pretty big basketball game going on <laughs> down the road there. Bill Nova was playing temple. So that's a pretty big deal to draw from and still had a, a, a decent sized crowd that provided great energy and, and it came well, off well on the broadcast. Yeah. I was really pleased to see in the stands, a smattering of Arizona bowl gear. We saw some of our great tie dye hoodies and hats and um, plenty of that more coming here in 2022, but First, we're going to have to decide who's going to play it. So that's our conference corner. Quick look at our partners with not only the Mountain West and Mac, but Barstool and what they're doing. Uh, so exciting, exciting stuff all across the board. And, man, we are getting close, Ben. Yeah, we're, what are we at, like 45 days away? It's it's The days are flying by. I, I don't know about you, but it feels like, the you know, every day the uh, – you know, the hours just fly by and the, the days of the week are just flying by. I can't, I almost feel like November is over already. Yeah, it pretty much is, right? <laughs> it's, it seems like it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that'll do it here in episode four. What an exciting time. We will continue to have these great guests we had. Uh, Brandon Walker is teed up to join us. Uh, not sure exactly when that will happen, but I guarantee you it will be a don't miss episode with uh, the gentleman from the South. Uh, so thank you to Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West and Bowl Ambassador, NFL alumni and University of Arizona alumni, Lamont Hunley, for joining us. Ben, as always, where can people find out about us? Well, we have uh, the, everything about the the podcast and the bowl itself can be found at thearizonabowl.com. That's where you can find information on tickets, our events. Uh, you can listen to episodes of the podcast. And you know, while you're listening to the, the podcast, make sure you follow, download, give us a rating, help us grow this. And we really appreciate all those that have already. Absolutely. We're grateful to all of you who spend your time driving. Hopefully we haven't driven you off the road quite yet. But we're just going to continue to have some fun, just like a Squib Kit. Go every different direction, but get where we need to go. So you have been listening to Squib Kicks, a Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl podcast. Thanks for joining us. See ya. See ya.